You're wired in. Smallcapvoice.com. Following is a presentation of Smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support. Now, with your online business briefing, Smallcapvoice.com's Stuart T. Smith. Welcome back, everybody, and thanks so much for joining us once again here at smallcapvoice.com, where we shine a spotlight on some of the smartest and freshest plays out there in the market today. And we are welcoming back to the show MedEx Holdings Incorporated. They're traded on the over-the-counter exchange under the ticker symbol M-E-D-H. And we're welcome back the CEO of the company, Hans Enriquez. Hans, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Stuart. How are you doing, man? Uh, thanks for having me back. Absolutely. I know we got to talk a little bit before today's interview, so I'm excited to get an update. I know your shareholders are as well. We'll go back. We'll talk to, but we'll talk a little bit about things going on in Texas, but I know there's some exciting moves that the company is on the precipice of making uh, there in the state of Colorado. Talk to me a little bit about what your plans are going forward here with these, we'll call them social lounges or cannabis cafes. How would you put it? Uh, well, uh, you know, we are excited to announce that we will be opening our first stores in Colorado, which will be uh, first stores in a recreational state. It adjusts the model a little bit, you know, which allows us to fully execute our Amsterdam style cafe concept. So, you know, if, if you need a, a, an elevator pitch for it, I mean, this allows us to become the Starbucks of weed, which, you know, we've been talking about for quite some time. And that allows us to uh, have a recreational dispensary either within or next door to the coffee shop and then allows us to have a fully operational cannabis cafe slash social consumption lounge. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we've purchased and, and we're marketing it as a cannabis cafe franchise. So you could find us at cannabis cafe franchise.com or cannabis lounge, uh, franchise.com. And so we're really going to start pushing that, that concept and we're just excited. We're, we're going to Colorado we can finally, you know, execute that concept uh, outside of Texas. Yeah, when we go back and we look at the history, we thought we'd see a lot more of this when legalization happened. And in fact, early on, it did happen on a small, small scale. But really what you ended up having is large, fancy dispensaries, kind of a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am process. You come in, you buy, you get out. This is going to be different. This is going to be immersive, if you will, where you get to enjoy the product, you get to enjoy coffee, you get to relax, sort of like what you said at the outset, sort of more like what we see in Amsterdam. Yeah, correct. I mean, we're, we're focusing on experience, right? And that experience starts from when you get out of the car, you approach the, you know, the store, the cafe, the lounge, and how you are welcomed in the lounge, the way the flow, the way you're served, your knowledgeable staff, servers, the products that we're offering, and just the, you know, just the environment and the atmosphere. So we're really going to be focusing on experience. And, you know, I have gone to Colorado, you know, some years back, uh, right before and after legalization. And we visited some of the, the, the coffee, uh, the coffee lounges and, uh, cafes. And, uh, I, I have to applaud them, you know, for a, for effort and, you know, a, for, for, you know, uh, basically, you know, being the pioneer and, and trying to figure out how to make a, a, uh, a profitable, you know, model out there. And unfortunately I, I feel that, you know, it, it they failed in execution. Right. Mm -hmm. So definitely applaud them for being trailblazers, but we want to go in there and, uh, show how uh, the business model can work by putting cannabis and coffee and a social consumption lounge all under one roof. 
Well, speaking of trailblazers, that's a great segue into what I want to talk about next. You do have hemp operations and farming in the state of Texas, which neighbors Oklahoma. Oklahoma right now for people, and a lot of people will be shocked by this, is now the biggest medical marijuana market in the country on a per capita basis. And the quote is from a recent Politico article. This is exactly like Humboldt County was in the late 90s. Humboldt being kind of the proving ground for all of this nationwide. Uh, One, I think it probably surprises a lot of us that Oklahoma has taken hold this way. Two, they're not recreational yet, but we've seen throughout the country one domino falls first. That's medical marijuana. Does it take a stronghold? Absolutely, it has in Oklahoma. Let's get your take on Oklahoma and how it impacts things for what you're doing in Texas and give us a little bit of a farming update, if you will, on what's going on in Texas. Yeah, I mean, well, just just my take on Oklahoma. I, I got to visit Oklahoma, you know, maybe a little over a month ago. We went to go check out some uh, potential partners, looked at some medical marijuana dispensaries, and looked at, like, you know, I, I noticed the, how they were advertising and marketing out there. Uh, I think Oklahoma is doing something awesome, you know, like the 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 way they have their, their programs set up. It, is, it allows out-of-state, you know, customers or, or patients from Texas to go in there and get a, I think it's a, a one day or one month pass and they're able to, you know, visit the dispensaries. It's a very low cost entry, uh, you know, barrier to entry, which I think is very good for the, you know, for competition and gives, you know, minorities and, and, you know, entrepreneurs an opportunity to get involved in the market. Uh, I think a lot of states should look at Oklahoma's program because of its ease to get involved. And then uh, as far as, we're, we're also looking at partners out there, right? So um, these medical lounges and, and uh, I'm sorry, the medical dispensaries, right? And they also have a lot of casinos. And this is also, um, I think about 80% of Oklahoma is tribal land, right? Mm-hmm. So you have different rules and regulations that vary throughout the state and then vary from other states, right? And, and so Oklahoma is a very unique opportunity where we could put lounges out there uh, and partner up with the casinos, do some 420 tours, get people to get to the lounges because it's, it's no different from any other state too, is no matter whether it be fully recreational or medical, you can still purchase your cannabis anywhere in the United States and still not have anywhere legally to go and publicly consume and just sit down, smoke a joint and get to work on your laptop or have a coffee or conversate with somebody in, in a, you know, in a, in a well-lit clean atmosphere. So uh, Oklahoma is a unique opportunity. We're looking at it and uh, I like what they're doing out there. And, and then as far as farming, you know, we're, well, you know, we've also gone to look at farms and uh, have spoken with some potential partners that might be coming down and doing some, uh, some profit sharing or, or we'll call it crop sharing with us, you know, on, uh, uh, on some different farms and because they'll be growing different strains and we're still searching for, um, you know, the, our, we'll call it our premium industrial strain. And, and we feel that that's going to be, you know, a, a strain that's going to be hardy, uh, very climate resistant to, you know, to the Texas environment. So, uh, we're doing a lot of things there as far as on the farm and, and I, I like what Oklahoma's doing. So uh, we're, we're looking at it and, and, you know, we're seeing how we can apply some of what they're doing, out in Oklahoma here in Texas. Very good. Well, I appreciate that update. Let's talk about the corporate side of things. A lot going on within 
Dazed Inc., which is the company you, the private company side of things that we've spoken about in the past. Uh, obviously, shareholders of MEDH, ticker symbol MEDH for MedEx Holdings, you know, all shareholders, especially microcap shareholders, you can't move fast enough for them. But you and I were talking, the, the casualty of that is sometimes when you move fast, you make big mistakes. And those mis- mistakes may not manifest themselves until years down the line. So you do it right the first time. And you save time in the long run. Uh, that's the business principles that you're working off of. Give them sort of your thinking and where things are going right now with the private side of things and things rolling into MedEx that you foreshadowed in other press releases, in other shareholder updates like the one that came out mid-April 2021. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, you know, as, as the CEO of Days Inc. and CEO of MedEx, I, I'm simultaneously, you know, running these companies so that at some point I can bring these together, right? Uh, you know, and, and like you said, I mean, we want to do this right the first time. I mean, if, if, if we uh, cut any corners or, you know, try to take any loopholes, I mean, it's going to be, you know, not only costly to the company, but costly to the shareholders. Uh, so what, I want, what, what we're trying to do is really clean up everything on the private side so that is ready to bring in, you know, in, in whatever, you know, transaction we decide to do, whether this be an acquisition or a merger, or this becomes a sub, right? And now we start bringing in uh, the attorneys and all the legal teams. And of course, every single one of them, you know, is, is hesitant and, and has an opinion on, on how this should be done, right? So you bring in the lawyers, everything starts to move a little bit slower. Uh, you know, our, our plan really is to still bring all of this together. Uh, we've got, uh, some tricks on, up our sleeve and, uh, things that I just need to still be kept on, you know, on the stealth mode for now. And that way, when, when the time comes, we can, uh, release a really, really good press release, give everybody some, you know, direction and let them know what we've been up to on the back end. And of course, you know, like you said, uh, it, it can never happen fast enough. Me personally, I, I can get impatient myself and I want it to happen faster, but I'm also trusting the process myself. Patience will pay off in, in, in uh, multiples. Well, I appreciate your time today. And, and obviously this is a big interview because we're talking about penetrating into the state of Colorado with the potential of also getting into Oklahoma sooner rather than later. I appreciate the update on the operations of Texas as well. Hans, thanks for your time. We'll check back in with you next month. And uh, of course, sooner, if anything hits the press wire, you just let us know. We're always here for you to, to get your voice out to the small and micro cap investors. Thanks, Hans. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. You have a good one. Stuart, whenever something comes up, you'll be the first to know. So thanks a lot. You have a good afternoon. You as well. For Hans Enriquez, this is Stuart Smith saying thanks so much for listening. Smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support, provides its clients with the highest level of service. Our audio interviews are disseminated to one of the largest opt-in audiences available today. How? We at smallcapvoice.com believe in aligning and affiliating ourselves with other leaders within the investor relations community. By sharing resources, each affiliated firm is made that much stronger and each client is served that much better. Our focus is to identify and provide the very best financial services and solutions available to clients and their shareholders. For more information about our services, please call us at 512-267-267. 2430 or visit us on the web at www.smallcapvoice.com.
This is a broadcast of SmallCapVoice.com, a financial communications and investor relations firm. SmallCapVoice.com receives payment for investor relations and financial consulting services that it provides to its clients. You should assume that officers, directors, and employees of SmallCapVoice.com or financial analysts mentioned and their families hold a position and intend to trade in these securities for their own accounts. This is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be nor should it be construed as investment advice. As in all investments, an investment in a featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with a registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This broadcast does not purport to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used and statements of fact have been obtained from the featured company and other sources but not verified nor guaranteed by smallcapvoice.com as to completeness or accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice.